Blessings to you. Amen. I'm blessed to be here this evening. I'm going to be sharing from God's word. And, uh, you know, I just want to just before I get started, just to let you know uh, kind of where I'm heading with this. Uh, I feel you know, God's placed this on my heart that there is just this this huge amount of pressure on so many people, the fear of this pandemic, the fear of getting sick, the fear that people have to protect their families and to have to send their kids to school and, and the weight of all of that that uh, is, is upon us, that we have to carry day by day. You turn on the news, you hear about it, you, you see it in the faces of people, just the heaviness, the, the uncertainty, the, the fears, and, and how it weighs on the lives of people. I don't recall ever in my life having to live through a time the way uh, that things are today. It's, it's just something that's new, and it may be something that lingers for a long, long time. And so God has placed on my heart to talk about wellness. What does it mean to be well mentally, spiritually, to be well, to stand right, to, to have the joy of the Lord in times of chaos? in times where the world seems to be crashing around us. God has called us to a peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. He's called us to that, but there are many obstacles in the way. And so by the grace of God, I want to help us remove the obstacles so that we can enjoy the peace that God has for us. Amen. So I'm going to do a four-part series Beginning with tonight, I want to talk about identity tonight. What is identity and how does that matter? To understand our self-identity, who we are in Christ and how that matters in the big picture of the things that we face. In week two, I want to talk about being happy, the joy of the Lord. What is the joy of the Lord? God wants to give us joy, amen, and God has given it to us. And what does that look like? In the third week, I want to talk about resiliency, Resiliency is the ability to bounce back from negative experiences, from setbacks and challenges. Those things are going to happen. Bad news is going to come your way. But resiliency is, the, is, is that idea of being hit by those things and bouncing right back with the joy that God has given you. And then lastly, I want to talk about thriving. Thriving. The Bible says that the people of God flourish, that you flourish. As, as a child, as a son or a daughter of God, to flourish is to thrive. And I want to talk about thriving, amen? And so I believe that God has much to say to us. Uh, but tonight, I'm going to begin by reading from the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 20, uh, verse 10. 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 10. And I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. This is what it says. It says, that day David fled from Saul. And went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain thousands, and David his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the door of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Let's pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight we ask your blessing upon the reading of your word. We ask that you would speak to us the words that you have for us. 
that you would allow your spirit to remove the obstacles that has dampered our joy, that has tried to steal, my God, our identity in you. And I pray that you would speak a word tonight of fresh life, of, of, of hope, my God, of purpose, of vision this evening. We thank you in Jesus' name and God's people say, amen, amen. Well, here in this story, David had been on the run. It won't be the last time that he was on the run. Uh, he was on the run this time from King Saul. King Saul was in hot pursuit of David, and there's no doubt that David was depressed. He was uh, distraught. He had left everything behind. He was on his own. Uh, there have been other times, and you'll read about other times, when David was on the run and he had men with him, uh, helpers with him, those that were loyal to him. Not this time. This time he was all by himself. He had lost everything. And as far as he knew, uh, he probably lost everyone in his life. He didn't know if he would ever return. He didn't know what the future held for him. And if you've ever read Psalm 34, which is my favorite psalm of all the psalms, Psalm 34 is my favorite. It was at this place in David's life that he wrote Psalm 34. So when you look at what David is crying out for and asking for, you, you can sense how distraught he was. Or perhaps you can read Psalm 56. That same that Psalm 56 was during the same time when David was on the run and he was in this place, a very difficult place for David. And even though David was the king elect, had been anointed as king to sit on the throne after Saul, he was an exile here in this story anointed to the throne, yet here he is forced to flee the country. He was on the move. He was, he was on the run. Uh, so David figured, man, I'll just go down to Gath. I'll go to Gath. I'll hang out there. Nobody will recognize me in Gath, right? It's been a long time since he'd been there. He was a little kid the last time he was in Gath. I'll just go and hang out there. I'll mingle among the people there. They won't know who I am. I'll just fit in with everybody else, and I'll be all right. Gath will be my safety net. Gath will be the strong tower that I can run to and find shelter, right? Gath, I'll go to Gath. But this is the worst place that David could possibly be. Gath was the hometown of Goliath. You remember Goliath? David killed Goliath, and he killed him. Gath was the hometown of Goliath. And this is where David is going. And if you were to read verses 8 and 9, you'll see that David didn't have a sword. And so he went to the priest, Ahimelech, and he says, hey, you know, I don't have a sword. You know, you got any swords around? And, and he said, oh, yeah, we have one here. Go ahead and take it. In fact, it, it's Goliath's sword, right? Goliath's old sword, an enormous sword, a sword that was so distinct, certainly everybody would recognize it. He says, yeah, I have this sword. Go ahead and take it with you. You know, it, it, you know, it's yours. Keep it, you know. And so he takes, uh, you know, Goliath's sword down to Goliath's hometown, the kid who killed Goliath, hoping that no one would recognize him. Now imagine that, this enormous sword that he used to cut off Goliath's head, right? The only one like it anywhere in the world. And he thought, nobody is going to recognize me. Now there may be times when the pressures of life, pressures of family, you know, financial pressures, the pandemic, you know, fear of, of sickness, you know, work or bills, they may push you to a place 
like this, right? A place where you shouldn't be. Uh, you know, a, a place. And it may not be a physical place. It could be an attitude. It could be a mood that you've never been in before. A, a place that you just don't go into, a darkness that you've never been into before. Uh, you know, this world, this chaos can put us there at times. Whether they're physical places, like I said, they could be virtual places. Hello, places you shouldn't be. Or maybe an attitude. But places, whatever they may be, places you don't belong. Places you've never been before. Places where you hope that you're not recognized. I hope nobody sees me here. You know, I, I, I shouldn't be here, and I know it. You know, I shouldn't be in this place. And the first thing that happens when David got to that place, the very first thing that happens when he arrives in Gath is that everybody knew exactly who David was. He hadn't been there an hour until everybody began to recognize who he was. Verse 11 says, But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David, the king of the land? I mean, they even knew he was, he hadn't even sat on the throne yet. He had been anointed king, but they recognized him. Isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Off the bat, they knew exactly who he was. And not only did they recognize David, they knew the songs that they sang about him. They knew the dances that, to those songs. Man, talk about pop culture. They knew what was going on in Jerusalem. And this is all the way in Gath. They knew the songs. They knew the, the popular. They knew the dances of all. Of, they knew all of that was going on in David's life. Right. Except for the fact that he was on the run. They just say, hey, he's here. This is the guy they sing about. This is the guy that killed Goliath, our hero, our champion. Man, in fact, check it out. He's got his sword. Right. David thought he would not be recognized in the place he shouldn't be. And that's the first thing that happened. The whole reason why he was on the run in the first place was because of the songs that people sang. Those songs revealed the sentiments of a whole nation, that they were enamored with David, that they overlooked the, the, the prominence and the popularity of Saul to elevate David, to praise David. They, they, you know, they, they were lifting David up, and these songs overshadowed the, the fame and the notoriety of Saul. Saul who? They didn't know who Saul was, but they knew David. They sang about David. They danced to the song concerning David. This is why David was on the run in the first place. And he shows up, and they're saying, hey, these are the songs that they sang about him. Right? We know who you are. We recognize you. We know exactly who you are. Right? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I'll ask that same question to you. What are you doing here? To those who have an alternative safe place, a different safe place, you don't find yourself at the altar anymore. You don't find yourself in the sanctuary with hands lifted up. You don't find yourself in prayer, in Bible study. You've, you've found alternative safe places. What are you doing here in this place, in the place where you are right now? It could be an attitude. It could be just a different place, a virtual place. A, 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 a different. It's just not the place where you're supposed to be. That's where David was. Rather than David embracing his identity, embracing the fact that you are the king elect, you are God's son, 
anointed by God, chosen by Samuel, a man of God, not just a, a man of God, but a man after God's own heart, a special man, a, a man called to make a difference for his kingdom, for his people. But in order to survive, David had become a madman. He had to turn himself into something he was not because he thought this is the only way for me to survive. David, that's not you, man. That's not you. When have you ever done this before? When have you ever had to go this way before? That's, that's just not you. Why, why do you feel now that you have to resort to this? Because of the times that you're living in, because of the pressures upon you. What makes you think that you have to become something you've never been before? You need to be who you are, right? Even when David was at a disadvantage, right? When he was at a disadvantage, when he faced Goliath, he was at a huge disadvantage. But he stood on who he was, a child of the Most High, a servant of the king, right? Who, who, and, and even said to, to Goliath, who do you think you are defying the, the armies of the living God? Right? He understood who he was. But here he is, at this point, trying to take advantage of, of the disadvantage. I'll become a madman. I'll become a, a, you know, something that I am not in order to survive. David, that is not you. That's not who you are. People become something else when the pressure goes up. People become something else. They, they go to alternative places when the pressure goes up, right? When have you ever had to hide behind a disadvantage, right? David exercised strength and faith when he was faced with challenges in the past, but here he is, the tables are turned. Now he has Goliath's sword, but he has no strength, right? In the past, he had all kinds of strength, all kinds of faith, all kinds of power, no sword, but all kinds of power, all kinds of hope, but here he is, got the sword, the best sword in the world, but no power no strength. David figured, man, if I play the part of a madman, if I, if I live into this idea of being a madman, I'll be received. I'll find some sympathy. People will sympathize with me, not as a king, not as a child of God, not as a righteous man, not as a warrior, the warrior that I am, but as cray-cray. I'll come as crazy. They'll think I'm crazy, and they'll have sympathy. That's what will keep me alive. I'll have sympathy from them in a place that I shouldn't be with an identity that is simply not who I am. That's how I'll survive. And what's amazing is that the very people that he was trying to fool called him out and recognized him. Hey, this is the king. He's the king of the land, right? He's the king of the land. You know, tonight I'm talking about well-being. That's what I want to talk about, well-being, and how it's tied to our self-identity. If David would only hold on to, embrace his identity, who you are, that's how you defeated Goliath the last time you were in Gath. You defeated the armies of the enemy the last time you were in Gath. Here he is, the next time, acting like a madman, a crazy man. Having a healthy self-identity helps us stand secure. Having a healthy self-identity helps us against all of the trials and the, the hardships that we face mentally, spiritually, or emotionally. Having a healthy self-identity 
is what gives us the strength that we need, knowing who we are and who it is that called us to be who we are. We've got to remember who we are, that you're a child of the living God. You are priests and kings. God has raised you up. God has called you. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. There is no weapon, the Bible tells us, that is formed against you that will prosper. You are the head and not the tail, blessed and highly favored. What are you doing pretending to be a madman in Gath? What are you doing in an alternative, safe place? A place that you've never been, you know, every other time in his life when he needed strength, when he needed the sheltering of God, he went to the temple of God. He went to prayer. What are you doing in this place? This is what happens to people when the pressure is on. They find alternative places to find their rest, to find their security. Don't forget your identity. Don't forget who you are. God created you precisely to fit the purposes that he has for your life. He's called you to a blessed existence. He's called you to affect the world around you, not to be a victim of it, but to transform it, to let his light shine through you to transform those around you, that they may see your hope and say there must be a God in heaven. There must be a God. Look at this person. Look at their exampleship. Look at their faith. Look at their strength, their character. Amen? To affect the world. You don't need an alternative safe place. We need to recognize how important our identity is. This pandemic has changed some people. It's changed some people, not for the good. There are those who have been totally transformed from thriving to languishing, to barely hanging on, barely making it. We're trying our best to maintain sanity in these crazy times. And and, and in order to do that, we, we follow the footsteps of David and go to an alternative safe place, a different kind of a sanctuary, trying to stay healthy, wondering, or do I go to church or do I stay home? And when, when have we ever said that before? When have we ever thought that before? You know, we'll say, well, I can't afford to get sick. And I'm with you. I understand that, right? I can't afford to be down for a week or longer, to, uh, to be isolated or in quarantine. I have a family depending on me. I have, to, I have to go to work. I have work to do. I have bills to pay, right? And, and, the, and in the chaos of, chi- of, of the times that we're living in, in the chaos of this pandemic, we change. We change, and we lose that identity. We end up in a strange place, doing strange things. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. Now, please don't get me wrong. The challenges that we face are very real, very real. I understand that. Right? I've been to the hospital many times. I've prayed for people. I, I, I know what's going on. I, I've, co- I've conducted funerals for people who have passed away. I know how real this is, but I also know who we are in Christ. I know what God has called us to. The challenges are very real, but I refuse to broadcast fear. I refuse to give the enemy glory by broadcasting helplessness, hopelessness, and fear. I'm called to broadcast hope in Jesus Christ, to broadcast faith in him. He is able to make a difference in our lives, and that's what we're called to do. The last time this warrior king, King David, the last time he was in this place, he was defeating armies. 
the last time he was in Gath, all by himself, defeating armies, not with a sword, not with a spear, but with a slingshot, right? No sword, but with a, a slingshot, defeating the army of the enemy. Now he has a sword, but he has no power. No power. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Mokos and Babas running down his beard, scratching at the door like a wild man. This isn't who you are. This is not who you are. So where are you tonight? Where are you tonight? I want to remind you of your identity, that you are a child of God, a child of God, the God that is able to watch over you, to keep you, to protect you, and his favor rests upon you. Let his light shine through you in this dark world. Stand up and matter to people that need you. Amen? That's who you are. This is who you are. I'd like to pray for you this evening. Amen. Right where you are, why don't you join me in prayer? Let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight, uh, Lord, we read about David in this place that he is. We read about, my God, the challenges that he faced. And we ask, Lord, tonight that you would speak to us, Father God, because there are times in the in the strangeness of the times that we're living in, there are times, Father God, when we are forced to an alternative place, an alternative self, right? That we lose our identity. We lose that focus upon who we are called to be, what we are called to do. And we don't find ourselves in the places that are familiar to us, the places where you meet us, the places where you fill us, the places where we make a difference in the lives of people. So tonight I pray your anointing, your peace, your hope, your strength on those, my God, that know you and love you. I pray your anointing upon them, Father God. Raise us up. Remind us who we are in you, that we can stand firm in these crazy times that we're living in. I thank you, Father God, and I ask this all in Jesus' name. And I want to say a prayer for those tonight. You may not know the Lord. And I just want you to say this prayer. If you, if you sense the call of God upon you to, to walk with him, to surrender your life to him, why, why don't you pray this prayer with me? Just, just repeat these words. Heavenly Father, I've done wrong in my life. And I can't make it right. So I come to you tonight and ask you to make a difference in my life. Come into my heart and transform me. I believe that you died for me, but were resurrected from the dead. Resurrect me also, that I might live with you for eternity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Heavenly Father, I pray your hand upon each and every individual who said this prayer with faith and sincerity. Be with them, strengthen them, and lift every burden in their lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you this evening. I certainly hope to see you on Sunday morning, and I look forward to talking to you next week on our part two of our series. God bless.